this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars for no- Wednesday, November 16, 2022. I am your very energetic host tonight, Jim Polzel. I think that the uh, COVID malaise I've been in for the last two weeks has finally lifted. Thank Jesus Christ, my Lord, right now. I'm feeling great. So we're going to start a little bit different here. I had a weird experience today. Uh, Hopefully the first of many weird experiences like this. Anyway, I put no, I do if you follow me on LinkedIn, Jim Polzel, J I M P is in Peter, O E, S is in Sam, L is in Lima, and right? Uh, that's how you spell my name. Uh you follow me on there, you know, and if you know, like and follow me and everything, I'm on all the social media, safety wars and everything else, right? Anyway, I posted, I, I shared a, a post from a guy, Jordan Guerrera. Uh, and right, and I, I mean, this thing for whatever reason I went viral. We're talking like a boatload, I mean, like in uh, well into the five figures here. And uh, I was just uh, the number of impressions and analytics. So, you know, I get the premium service on LinkedIn, and I, I apparently hit a uh, raw nerve here when I posted this, and then I kind of uh. Uh, thank uh, the original poster here. And I, of course, I just erased, uh, not erased it, I just uh, changed uh, the screen here. So what was the post? It's real simple. Let me get it back here. All right. This is, and this, I think we could all, uh, relate to this in the safety field where there are safety company, there are companies out there that put people in charge who don't realize what they're getting with a safety professional. You know, they don't value safety. There is not money in the budget to have a safety person, or they think we're just going to get somebody just to throw in the role and it's not going to be a career. You're going to be a bench warmer or you're going to have a sit down job, throw somebody in there. I, I, I mean, uh, I work with my uh, extended family doing safety for their corporations. And uh, before I got my credentials and letters added to my name, it was like a nightmare. Oh, oh, let's see. Everybody has the same last name, and you're going to put this guy uh, in that safety. I don't think he's qualified. Then you end up get, sending over like a Q&E package of like five pages long, plus another 20 pages cert- Oh, well, certifications. Oh, well, he's a safety professional, right? But... Uh, This is what happens, right? Here it is. Dear employers, please stop asking for bachelor's and master's degrees if you're only offering $15 an hour. Sincerely, everyone. And often the people who are in charge of putting in these ads, they don't know what safety is. They don't know what a certified safety professional or a certified industrial hygienist is or anything else. And then you get these things. So anyway, we had this local... Uh, this is about a year ago. This is, a, again, it's not safety wars without stories. So this is about a year ago. There's an ad in, uh, oh, in uh, uh, an online platform, something that you've, pardon me, that you've all heard of. 
and probably something that we've all used. And I, it's for an OSHA outreach trainer, right? And I go in and I call and I said, okay, blah, blah, blah. We set up an interview and I'm on the phone. We're, again, we're in the middle of COVID. I'm on the, uh, we're doing the thing. And I, okay, we're going through there and it's going pretty good. I said, okay, so let me get this straight. Uh, I'm going to be supplying all the training materials. We'll make the copies, whatever we need, but I'm going to be supplying all the training materials. I'm going to be keeping track of all the paperwork. Uh, I'm going to be doing the training and everything else with this, and you're going to have anywhere from 30 to 40 people per class. They said, yes. I said, okay, how much are you going to, what's the pay rate on this? They said $200 a day. So what? You're going to have 30 to 40 people per class for 10-hour courses and 30-hour courses, outreach courses. You need somebody with the credential, and you're going to be paying them $200 a day uh, on a per diem rate. You're a contractor, basically. Yes. I said, what are you talking about? I said, you should be, like, the pay rate for this is anywhere from... Uh, uh, somewhere uh, a lot more than this. I said, you're making anywhere from six to $15,000 per class by your own numbers, according to your website. You should be paying the instructor, right, somewhere between 400 to uh, somewhere, no, uh, $400 a day, up to even $1,000 a day for doing this, for the amount of pay. Well, that's not what we pay. And the woman got very nasty with me on the thing. I said, no, I'm willing to negotiate you. You need a trainer. I need a, you know, I'm looking for a situation. Oh, no, no. Uh, we don't pay that much. We're only paying $200 uh, for uh, 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 a day, $400 for a 10-hour course. And I said, you have 30 or 40 people in there. I said, are you paying for the cards? They said, no, you're paying for the cards. I said, so in reality, we're making about $120 a day here. And it's just, you want to pull your head out. I've gone to other job interviews and it's the same deal. You go to these places. Well, uh, we need you to be working uh, on a construction job, a demolition. And guess what? You're going to be making uh, $55,000 a year. And it's like, okay, uh, what is there a per diem rate thrown in there for the housing and this and that food? No, everything. I'm not asking for anything more than what's legally allowed. Uh, yeah, we're, it's $50 a day per diem and you got to get a hotel and you got to get that. It's like, I don't think you're looking for a safety professional. I think you're just looking for like a college intern or something doing an internship. They said, well, you know, well, it's not in the thing. This is what, you know, this is what it is. You know, you're a non-production position and you should not even be making any money at all. You, you should be, you know, we're doing you a favor a big favor by doing that. I said, well, it's not a matter of doing favors or not here. It's getting a, no, uh, you know, no, I'm not doing you a favor by working there, right? Uh, the other thing, thing is I'm more happy to get a job, right? And I'm happy to be working, but we have to have the old John Wayne adage here, right? You want an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. So you're, paying salaried, you're expecting me to work 60 or 70 hours a week, uh, you know, and you're only giving $50 a day per diem and you're not paying overtime and there is no uh, anything else thrown in there, like a, a, a reimbursement thing, anything, you know, any, a deal, right? 
Yeah, but we're giving you health insurance, and you find out it's like the bottom of the bronze plan for healthcare, and it's like, who are you looking for? And then you know, six months later, you find out that they had a fatality on the job, and you know, you don't take the job. You know, so this is very frustrating because there's a lot of people out there that are willing to work for this low amount of money here. And uh, as I got lectured, and I'm not going to say by who, I don't charge enough money. I wasn't charging enough money for a long time. And this is one of the challenges if you're a third-party consultant. But if you're an employee, really, uh, you know, uh, there are resources where you could judge what the pro appropriate thing, what everybody else is making in the industry uh, with that. Now, if you're an employer, guess what? You're often going to get what you pay for. Right, uh, you're going. If you're not going to pay a lot of money, you're not going to get a lot of experience. You're not. A, you know, I'm not saying paying everybody 150 grand, 200 grand a year, but what you know, a fair wage, whatever that is, whatever your job duties are, the experience, your education, uh, what you could bring. And remember, a lot of safety positions don't even require a, a formal education. They do require hands-on stuff. So. Uh, what does it all come down to is this. Uh, price yourself appropriately. Get an honest day's pay for an honest day's work. Uh, if you're an uh, employer and you're in charge of hiring someone, you may want to go and look in the industry publications there from uh, for example, the ASSP has their publication. They just did a salary survey. Uh, lately uh, and recently and uh, you know, publish what those were. And the other thing is this, if you're going to be in like places like New York City, uh, they now have a uh, law that says that you have to disclose all this stuff when you put up the, uh, put up the uh, uh, advertise for the job. And everybody, and a lot of other states are out there. They're requiring everybody to know, know everybody's in, uh, sure, uh, everyone's uh, pay because companies often play shenanigans here uh, with things. I know probably a good policy with, uh, now get with your human resources person or a human resources person to try to justify why you're paying people what you're paying them. Because I've known of consultants, small ones like me, that go out there and the employees talk. They're always going to talk. And, well, we're doing the same job, but you're paying uh, this person three more dollars an hour than me. Well, you know, that person has more experience, is managing the job, is doing this, is doing that, blah, 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 which you're not doing. More responsibilities, more pay, and you have to justify that. And uh, you don't want to be on the receiving end of a department, a State Department of Labor audit on what you're paying people, right? It's not a good thing. So we're going to take a break, our first break, and we'll be back after that. 
In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. OSHA recordables, first aid cases, catastrophic losses. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, so, I am, uh, there's some evidence that we have some new listeners out there uh, tonight. Uh, I'm getting some messages going back and forth and everything else. So, uh, who am I? My name is Jim Polzel. I'm a certified safety professional, uh, your host here at Safety Wars Live. Uh, I have uh, been doing safety consulting for a very long time. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, I own a company, JCP Technical Services, who also owns Safety Wars. And uh, this is Safety FM that you're listening to, where we have 17 or 18, I don't know how many right now, other uh, podcasters and hosts that uh, discuss safety. That's what we do. We also have uh, Radio Big, which is on iHeartRadio and on Live 365. Uh, That's a, uh, basically a music station and has the Jay Allen show on, which discusses safety every morning from 7 a.m. Eastern time to 8 a.m. Eastern time and also plays music. So uh, that's who we are. Uh, what do I do? I do safety training. I man projects. Uh, I do safety auditing. I write safety plans. And uh, I have a whole team of people working with me, uh, helping me to do that. And uh, that's what we do. We're uh, here. You can keep reach me on safety, uh, on social media, LinkedIn, uh, Jim Polzel, P as in Peter, O-E-S as in Sam, L as in Larry. That's also on Instagram and on Facebook. So uh, that's where I am. Uh, we're going to be expanding this into more video uh, in the very near future. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, uh, doing things. So. Uh, you know, uh, basically I do field work all day, every day. Uh, and I get, do get a break and that's when I do videos. Uh, so, uh, that's what we do. And what do we do here on safety words? We talk about the news and we have some commentary and, uh, which we just gave at the beginning of the program, the commentary, because it's, uh, uh, it seemed appropriate and I had promoted it on LinkedIn. So I wanted to do that first thing. And now, uh, where are we here? Let's talk. Uh, we haven't really spoken about this in the last couple of days here is money. Dow Jones Industrial fell slightly today 
33,553. S&P 500 fell slightly, 3,958. NASDAQ down 1.54% to 11,183. Russell 2000 uh, fell to 1853.17. 10 year U.S. Treasury note is at uh, 3.7. And Bitcoin uh, came up slightly today to 16.7. Uh, 16,713 03 and crude oil uh, came down slightly to under $85 a barrel, 84.96. Now, uh, let's talk about precious metals. Here we have gold uh, is holding steady at 1782.70, silver at 21.63, platinum at uh, 1,200. Uh, one, I'm sorry, 1,020. And palladium at 2107. So uh, that's where we are with the precious metals. Bitcoin has been going through a lot of upheaval lately. It fell uh, significantly because of some bankruptcies in some of the exchanges and uh, the allegations of fraud going back and forth and Ponzi scheme. I don't know. We'll let the Justice Department figure things out on that. Uh, in our swamp, and let's talk about the swamp uh, briefly here. So, uh, now we normally do not talk about politics here at Tune Depth other than just say things factually, not, uh, what, uh, our opinions are necessarily. But I would like to think that my discussions here are nuanced enough that people can figure out a lot of my politics. So, uh, so today the, uh, 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 most sources are out there projecting the uh, Republicans have taken over the majority in the House of Representatives. That came out late this afternoon. Uh, they hit the magic number of 218 uh, Democrats uh, uh, at 211. And we do have how many? Let's see. Let's do the math here. Two eighteen and two eleven is it's four hundred and twenty nine. I did not use a calculator, so we still have that's four hundred and twenty nine. So there are four hundred and thirty five. So we have six races that are still uh, being decided right now in the House, in the Senate. Uh, we have uh, a 50-49 lead with this uh, uh, Demo- uh, with the Democrats uh, taking control of the Senate there with one seat left to be decided in Georgia that has ranked uh, balloting. I'm sorry, not ranked. That is requiring a runoff. So what's the holdup on the counting here? In Alaska, they have ranked voting, and they're going to divvy up those votes on uh November 23rd, which is a, is that Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving? Day before Thanksgiving, it's on a Wednesday. And if you didn't know, that Thanksgiving is on a Thursday again this week, uh, this year. Uh, going back into some of the other news out there. This is some, no, I cover all these safety-related stories, but now you just want to shake your head with some of this stuff, Right. Wrong way driver hits Los Angeles Sheriff's recruits, injuring 25. Five people are in critical condition 
And the 22-year-old driver is being detained right now. And this was in L.A. So uh, apparently somebody was, they were out uh, with the sheriff department, their recruits, doing a morning run. Someone drove down the wrong way on a one-way street, allegedly, and uh, then ran into a light pole. Uh, now, the car is, car is totaled. I really don't know, you know. Uh, the guy apparently was not drunk. He passed a field uh, sobriety test, and the crash is under investigation. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, with the way things are, you got to be very careful. Uh, uh, no. So when you're looking at very careful, especially if you're a younger driver. Now, my, some of the questions that we would ask, let's see our mini act, what questions you would ask here. Uh, other than the obvious uh, driver's license and all this stuff, what I would be looking at is how experienced is the driver? What, were the signs adequate on that road? Uh, was that road uh, 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 set up in such a way where you could turn, make a wrong turn and go the wrong way on here uh, without realizing it, which appears to be the case? Uh, the vehicles uh, was apparently going 30 miles an hour and there are no skin marks on the road. Well, now I've been, uh, no, uh, this happened a couple of times to me on Route 287 in New Jersey, where you have uh, people going who get on the road going the wrong way. And it's like, what are you thinking? You're seeing the back of all these signs. You're not thinking, well, maybe I'm going the wrong way. I don't know. And all the exits are on the left, not on the right. You know, but no, I don't know. That's what I would be looking at is how was this set up on here? Now, the insurance companies are going, always going to say, well, who's liable, blah, blah, blah. Well, thank God nobody was hurt. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, thank God nobody was killed here. It was, people were hurt. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you see all these drivers. Uh, I mean, see all these people running here, now 75 recruits. You're not going to see that. I don't know. What else is going on there? Was the person on the phone? Was the person distracted? Was the person have a medical emergency? All this stuff goes in here. Now, uh, last night we covered about the uh, Ukraine, uh, about Ukraine and the missile strike. Uh, basically, what they're saying now is that these were uh, apparently Russian-made missiles, right? Well, as a, Ukraine used to be a Soviet uh, satellite, used to be a Soviet part of the Soviet Union, USSR, and uh, essentially. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of Russian-made weapons. They have a lot of Soviet, old Soviet things in their arsenal. Apparently, uh, they, these are anti-missile missiles, anti-aircraft missiles, something like that, and they landed in Poland, allegedly killing two people. Uh, thank God, uh, it doesn't look like anyone's going to war here. But let's remember, uh, look back. I remember what happened yesterday because... Uh, the people who are screaming for that for an attack, and there were a lot of people out there screaming for an attack. Turns out they did an investigation, and guess what? Russia is probably not responsible for this. On this, uh, you know, remember that. <coughs> well, apparently, I still have some lingering effects from COVID. And something to drink. Every once in a while, I go into a coughing fit. Ukrainian analysis identifies Western supply chain behind Iran's drones. So Iran is using Western technology and apparently Western parts uh, 
in their drone program. I'm shocked, right? Not. Artemis One mission. We talked about that. They uh, took off last night, and they're headed to the moon. It's an unmanned mission. And what the, uh, basically, uh, in the next couple of years, we're hoping to have people back on the moon and establishing a moon base. Very exciting times. Pregnant women's exposure to cancer-causing herbicide increased more than threefold since 2017. The average level of the certain herbicide, and I'm not going to mention the name, in the urine of pregnant women has increased more than threefold since 2017. And uh, the year widespread planting of these specific GMO crops, right, began. So uh, let's see if we have some type of this from the Heartland Health Research Alliance, right? Uh, so both of the herbicides were used were uh, classified as possible carcinogens and are known to risk increase the risk of reproductive problems and adverse birth outcomes. So this is coming out of Canada the Center of Detoxicology de Quebec and uh, included the study of 700 urine samples. So uh, basically, uh, what are the findings of this study that they did? The average level of this chemical in urine of pregnant women has increased three or to fourfold just since uh, 2017. Uh, there's increasing reliance on these herbicides and uh However, there is some good news is that some other herbicides have been fall. The use has fallen and there's uh, for the other herbicides because they're being substituted with this one. So what's the idea? Uh, herbicides are showing up in urine, right? I don't know what the long-term effects are, but it's something you need to look into. Probably something not look into, but keep track of. Here's another one. Global oil inventories hit the lowest since 2004. So uh, where is this? Uh, the lowest oil inventories in developed countries since 2017 that were set to combine with the upcoming EU embargo on Russian oil imports to further tighten the oil market. Okay, so what are we doing? I, I remember back in 1978... I was eight years old. So when I was, we had the oil crisis here uh, with the ban on oil from Iran. And I remember lines to get gas. I mean, it was like an afternoon deal to get gas, right? Uh, gasoline. And that was when everybody had the big gas guzzlers. Uh, 76 or 77 was the first year that there were new emissions requirements. And that was the end of the muscle car era in the United States, and uh, they came out with more uh, fuel-efficient cars and more and more, uh, no, EPA fuel-efficient rating, ratings, right? And that continues on till today. Uh, every couple of years, they make things more efficient. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, it was a nightmare. I mean, we, every family out there, though it was a, uh, and I, I'm having to deal with this now, wood-burning stoves. Every family seemed to have a wood-burning stove. Uh, every family, uh, 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 no, your the uh, thermostat did not go above sixty-seven degrees in the Posel household until sometime in the late nineteen eighties. 
because we were always saving fuel, conserving fuel. Uh, it's not like you could go out and buy a car and get 40 miles to the gallon. Most of the cars only got 10 to 15 miles to the gallon. So I think we're headed back to that this year. With the prices of energy going up, using less energy, uh, less carbon emissions, things of that nature. I don't know where this is ending going to end up because I know people are all nice and happy when they're you know, warm and they're well-fed. Once people start getting cold and start to, you know, we start to have inflationary issues, I think things are going to turn to Gouverno real quick in some communities. I mean, right now we're seeing a lot of thefts galore of uh, catalytic converters, for example. I think you're going to see the old-fashioned siphoning thing, people raiding people's garages, looking for fuel, things of that nature, if these prices go up higher. Just old-fashioned theft. Uh, I mean, it's it's going loco out. People are getting loco. Here we have another story here. There was apparently a major uh, terrorist attack uh, prevented by the FBI. A Missouri man was sentenced to 12 years in federal prison without parole today for attempting to purchase a chemical weapon capable of killing hundreds of people uh, on the dark web with Bitcoin. Uh, A man, 46, I don't mention names here, uh, of Columbia, Missouri, uh, Missouri, pleaded guilty to one count of attempting to acquire a chemical weapon and one count of aggravated battery theft, uh, I'm sorry, aggravated identity theft on August, uh, in August 2020, according to court documents. And uh, the uh, suspect admitted that he attempted to acquire a chemical weapon on two occasions back in 2018. He provided a shipping address in the name of a juvenile whose identity he used without authorization, placed orders for a highly toxic chemical in amounts capable of killing many people. So uh, they're not mentioning what chemical it is, and I wouldn't even mention what the chemical is either. So uh, a little bit late reporting, but the person just got sentenced, which is, I guess, a good thing. Uh, But uh, my question, was he part of a larger group? A uh, thug plows over Dead Warriors Memorial Site and has this sick replied to the cops. So there was a uh, uh, thug, for lack of a better word, in Henderson, Kentucky, which where I have been. Well, I've driven through that. Went on an anti-American rampage. The little the hoodlum mowed down 160 crosses at a memorial site for those who paid the ultimate price for our country at the uh, Memorial Day cross display. Why are we getting this? Months later here, you know. This is at the beginning of the summer. Uh, 27-year-old. So he was driving a 1979 Ford Thunderbird and uh, abandoned it. They tracked, and what did the hoodlum say? The hoodlum told them, uh, blah, 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 what was it? So anyway, the guy got charged and the guy got convicted of, uh, uh, no, of vandalism, basically. Amazing. Okay, we already covered that story.
Here's a story out of London. Grabbing just 30 seconds of sunlight every morning can slash the chances of developing most types of cancer. Significantly, early research by one of the United Kingdom's leading specialists says, Dr. Mohammed Munib Khan says that less than half of a minute's exposure to the sun's near-infrared light between sunrise and 9 a.m. may offer a higher level of protection to adults and children than eating 2,500 bananas or a kilogram of Brazil nuts per day. 2,500 bananas. Well, I read about a year ago that they were going through a huge banana shortage now, believe it or not. Uh, if you recall that old song, we have no bananas. Yes, we have no bananas today. There used to be a different type of banana back in the early part of the 1900s that was blighted and is very rare in the United States nowadays. And they moved into the new type of banana. And apparently, uh, from what my father said, the old type of banana that they used to have was much uh, better than uh, this one. I might, might just be nostalgia uh, talking there. But what the idea is... Uh, now, I, it's uh, near-infrared light is invisible in the human eye, human eye and is most effective at dawn with its beneficial effect gradually waning through the day. Uh, okay, well, that's something good to know. All right, we don't spend enough time outside. Here's some news from Twitter. And is this a good way of managing employees? Elon Musk gives employees two days to commit to hardcore Twitter or lose their jobs. So Twitter, we know, has been taken over almost two weeks ago by Elon Musk, and he's doing a complete uh, revamp of corporate culture. Uh, for whatever reason, he feels that people should be working in the office, and uh, he, he fired a couple of employees for mouthing off to him, one for mouthing off to him on Twitter. Not always a good idea to mouth off to your boss on Twitter. I, don't, I think they were pretty innocuous comments, but uh, uh, what do I know? I'm not a billionaire. So uh, if you recall, right, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he's, no, they're having growing pains. But basically what he says is, look, we got to get this stuff, uh, uh, get the show on the road here, get things back up and running here and make this a profitable company. And he's basically getting rid of what he sees as, you know, useless people, uh, useless positions or anything else. I don't know what that's going to do for the rest of the company. I've been involved with a lot of companies over the years where they have done this. They've just gone out there and wantonly fired people, laid people off, done all these huge cutbacks. And either it becomes a hellish place to work for the people remaining. And then you get more turnover or, uh, it turns the company completely around, and they right because they're quote unquote getting rid of dead wood. So, uh, got to be very careful who you fire and who you don't fire. He already made a couple of mistakes in the last couple of weeks. If you've been following this, because he got rid of some people that really know how the software works, uh, and what he wants to do is make this more of an engineering company where we're going to be engineering the uh, platform and everything else, and not so much the software. There are other uh, companies. Now, this is going on all over the place. Amazon is a big one, getting rid of a lot of oversight. Uh, Adobe Industries, uh, my wife was reading uh, 
well, no, Adobe, right? Yeah, the uh, software people with the Adobe suite, they're getting, they, they have a layoff. They're apparently having a layoff also, and a lot of other software companies. So not unheard of. Uh, how much is this related to Elon Musk's takeover versus just the ebb and flow of business? I don't know. But more to uh, be seen, I guess. A lot of news on earthquakes. If we recall, uh, uh, earlier this week, or it might have been late last week, there were earthquakes in Louisiana. Now there is our work earthquakes near door, right, right down the street in Texas. So uh, where is it in Texas? It's closer to the Colorado, Nevada, uh, I guess that's Nevada, Utah, Utah. Uh, border all over there on the uh, western part of Texas is what I'm looking at. Uh, you're talking, uh, uh, it's the third largest uh, earthquake recorded in Texas history. Is there something else going on here uh, with earthquakes? Uh, just a little bit of disconcerting uh, uh, here. I got to brush up on my geography a little bit, right? So it's Arizona, Utah, Nevada, and Colorado. Isn't it? Ah, let me get out the map. Okay, here we go. I was wrong. The uh, Texas, immediately west of Texas is New Mexico. Hmm. We know there's going to be a big conference there, uh, Safety Differently, in Santa Fe, New Mexico in March. You may want to look into that. I plan on going. Some good news on the fentanyl front. Scientists create a vaccine for fentanyl that stops you from getting high on the potent opioid that kills 200 Americans per day. This is from the University of Houston. Uh, it's a three-dose shot. And it uh, basically, this might be a game changer if this gets FDA approval uh, with this. Uh, basically, what it comes down to is we have uh, 71,000 people. Uh, over, some estimates are higher than that. Fentanyl deaths per year in the United States. Uh, we mentioned about uh, uh, the demographic situation where now these are not older people who are dying on here on the top of the population pyramid. This is people in the middle of population pyramid and lower on it which means when you start screwing around with the population pyramid, you can only expect bad things to happen demographically because uh, demographics or demography drives our society. And it's uh, what it is. So this might be some of the uh, uh, game changer with fentanyl. Now, my question is this. Did the president who met with Xi Jinping the other day, the Chinese president, did he? Uh, did they talk about the fentanyl crisis? Because most of the feedstock for fentanyl comes from China through Mexico. Apparently, this is what allegedly the government is saying to us. We're going to take a slight break, and I will see you after the break. You are listening to Safety Wars. Tomorrow's Safety Today. 
Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. Okay, we're back. Where it's uh, right now, I am looking up. I'm in 1903 here uh, because I want to make sure that I get the numbers right. Okay, so earlier this week, we had mentioned uh, about a, a company uh, with a proposed citation, and I'm going to remember, uh, let me mention this, and this is one of the few times I'm going to mention a company name here with this, all right? And, but I want to stress that everyone is, in, is innocent until proven guilty. This is a proposed fine, and, but it's not being reported as a proposed fine in the news media. It is, you know, so... This is one of the reasons why I am here. I see news reports come out, and I said, you know what? They're not telling you everything in there. This is made to manipulate people, and they're not telling you uh, uh, everything in here, right? And then when you go into the comments, uh, now if they if you're on a site where they allow comments on news stories, and you hear even more baloney on there with people who probably could use an outreach course. And you can contact us at 845-269-5772 or jim at safetywords.com to schedule your outreach training. So uh, basically this is what it is. Uh, now, and all this stuff that gets negotiated down may be vacated and all things. So this is just a proposed citation, all right? Caterpillar is fined 145K after worker falls into pot of molten iron and is immediately, immediately incinerated, OSHA says. Uh, I'm going to give myself one more minute here, right? Hold on. Let me look up. So you can actually get, uh, if you go to OSHA.gov and consider this part of our program here, they have what is called the establishment search. And what that does is, and you're able to look up an employer, assuming you have the right name, right, of the employer. And you're able to see if OSHA has paid them a visit, right? So here we go. Uh, this was issued. Do, do, do. Hold on. So we are looking up this particular company. Let's see. The investigation. So you go to the establishment search. I should probably have this one on video. And let us try this out. Hold on, bear with me. OSHA.gov.
I cannot find that. This is very frustrating. Here, hold on. Because they do not have, and it's even more frustrating if you're on the other end, I'm sure. They are should have the establishment. Sir, I'm not going to BS anybody here. I ran out of news stories and commentary, and I wanted to do this one. But I wanted to hold off doing this uh, until uh, later on, uh, until tomorrow. But I'm jumping ahead. So I am in the news release portion. Okay, this is from the 9th. I have the original citation. So, well, let's start over here. Caterpillar was fined 145K after worker falls into a pot of molten material. All right. The advantage of having an establishment search and also the OSHA website is that you, when you see a uh, news story, you're able to go and actually get the real document from the government, right? What exactly happened? So it goes in here and it would be, no, you read this and all of the stories, they just say, oh, well, they got a citation, blah, 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 blah. And then you get complaints. Well, this is ridiculous. They're only because someone died, $136,000, blah, blah, blah. And we'll go into this in a minute. So I have the original, uh, Citation that they posted on their uh, website. So this is citation noti- no, uh, notification of penalty to Caterpillar Incorporated. It's all on the public record and its successors. Uh, the inspection date uh, was between 6-2 and 10-28-2022. Uh, 10-28, they closed out the investigation. They issued it on um, the 11th, where the inspection was the 2nd of uh, uh, June, that means it probably happened on the 1st of June, and uh, they have six months to issue the citation, which will bring that to December. And when did they issue this? In November. So a little bit over five months later, they issued this. Okay. You go through uh, this, and it says, uh, the law requires that a copy of the citation notification of penalty be posted immediately in a prominent place at or near the location of the violation cited herein. Or if there is not practical or if it is not practicable, 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 I don't know how to pronounce that, because of the nature of the employee's operations where it will be readily observable by all affected employees. So you hang in on like a bulletin board or somewhere in a public viewing place where everybody can see it. The citation must remain posted until the violations cited here and have been abated or for three working days excluding weekends or and federal ho- holidays, whichever is uh, norm, uh, right, proper. So an informal conference is not required, but if you wish to have a conference, you may request one within 15 days. Again, you have to have hit these numbers here, right? There are, uh, you can have the right to contest. You have the right to an informal contest, a, a, a conference, and all this stuff. Now, th- what often happens is that the person handling the mail does not actually uh, realize what they're seeing. They're seeing the Department of Labor thing. They often think it's junk mail, and what ends up happening? They end up having to go, and, th- and they end up having to throw it out, and then the company, well, tough luck. Well, we never received it. Well, guess what? We met, sailed, sent it out. It's often sent by certified mail. 
maybe if the male person is or or the person responsible is out of uh, the office on vacation, what have you. This is the kind of thing that you have to be looking for for when it comes in. So whoever's handling the mail, if someone's going on vacation, what have you, hey, if this comes in from the DOL or from OSHA, you have to make sure that when the uh, person in charge gets this, the attorneys gets this, somebody gets this. For each violation you do not contest, you must provide a payment certification to the area director of OSHA issuing the citation within uh, 10 calendar days, right? And it goes that I would get, you know, suggest you get this stuff abated immediately. So going down into what the citation is. Citation one item, one type of violation, willful serious. This is under the uh, walking working services standard. Uh, 29 CFR 1910.28, subparagraph B6I, right, little I. The employer did not ensure that each employee less than four feet above dangerous equipment is protected from falling into or onto the dangerous equipment by a guardrail system or a travel restraint system unless the equipment is covered or guarded to eliminate the hazard. On or about May 26 through June 22nd, employees were exposed to unprotected fall hazards into Melter 1, Melter 2, and Melter 3 containing molten iron at temperatures in excess of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Across three shifts daily at the employer, employer's Mapleton, Illinois facility. These exposures included the following employee work activities. One, taking temperature readings. Two, taking button samples. Three, taking thermal cups. And four, adding alloy bags directly to the, mul- uh, uh, to the melters. The fine, $145,027. And they issued one, right? Now, there's a lot of complaints out there. Well, first man dying, you're proposing, and again, that might be getting negotiated down, settled, vacated, any of the above. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. But one of the most un- misunderstood things are OSHA citations and OSHA violations and the penalties. I'm going to be honest with you. Pardon me. I thank God for the cough button here. Sometimes it baffles the people who are somewhat familiar with this what the uh, penalties are, what the settlements are, and everything else. But every situation is different, and there are mitigating circumstances and everything else. And you may say, well, why are they doing this? I don't know why they're doing this. Why, why did they settle? I don't know why they settled this. Why are they doing We don't know, all right? I trust that they're doing the right thing, all right? They're usually doing the right thing. They're relative to the uh, people that I've dealt with. I've all been pretty fair. have all been pretty reasonable. Uh, very rarely do you ever get somebody who's not very fair and very reasonable. All right. So there are several different. So this is what it is. The January 15th of every year, uh, going back a number of years now during from the Obama administration, I believe it was 2015, they have adjusted the penalties upward. So for 
close to 50 years of penalties, of 45 years, the penalties are like 7,000 uh, up to like 14,000, something like that. Very low penalties. And the Obama administration, agree or disagree, they decided to put them more in line. So you have several uh, 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 levels of violations. Number one, we're going to uh, do this, a posting uh, requirement violation. What's a post? You don't put up a sign, you don't put up a posting requirement of a citation, anything like that. It's the penalty is 14000 up to 14502 A failure to correct violation. And this is all in uh, 29 CFR 1903, uh, subpart 15. Failure to correct the violation up to $14,502 per day. Other than serious. What are we talking about other than serious? Other than serious means that it's not likely to create a serious uh, hazard. Not likely to cause anything major to happen here. It's $14,502 not to exceed. A serious violation is one, one where it's likely you're going to get hurt. There's, someone's going to get hurt. It's 14502 Then you get into the big ones. The uh, repeat repeated violation. So they cite you on something, and then they come back in a period of time afterwards, and guess what? You do it again, right? And it's a repeat. It's not fixed. You never repeated it. This is where the one uh, 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 really cheap retail establishment that's getting whacked with violations in the hundreds of thousands of dollars every quarter or so, this is their issue, is with repeated violations, where they can cover one uh, violation in one store on one part of the country, and then they go to another store in another part of the country, same violation, now that's a repeat violation. What Caterpillar got whacked here was with a willful violation. And the penalty for willful violation uh, starts... Uh, Hold on. Got some back office stuff we're taking care of here, right? For a willful violation is anywhere from 10,360 and not to exceed 145,000, right? And uh, 145,027. So Caterpillar got uh, uh, the proposed citation is the maximum. Now, let's talk about this. Depending on the size of your company and what you're able to negotiate down, right? And I assure you, over a willful violation or a serious violation, and if you have multiple ones, you're probably going to want to have to get it. You're going to need an attorney at that point. I always recommend an attorney. Now, a small violation, a couple thousand, okay, you know, we can always help you out on that. But we refer things. We have a an attorney that we work with. And we were when you're getting a willful violation or on these big numbers here, you need some you need to bring in the big guns here, so to speak. No, figuratively, right? Bring in the person. These get negotiated down depending on the size of your company and other mitigating factors. And sometimes OSHA will vacate things if they you could argue in the informal conference and everything. Hopefully everything's taken care of at the informal conference. Now I uh, was involved in a a fatality investigation where the person 
uh, there was a fatality, and OSHA cited it was very low, the proposed citation. And often what OSHA does, what I'm told by OSHA site people, you know, is that they'll propose a small uh, uh, fine to get you to admit your guilt because they think there's going to be a civil case or a criminal case here. So if you can admit, hey, yeah, I violated OSHA, I violated something, now it makes it easier for a civil case to proceed on uh, behalf of uh, whoever got injured uh, with that. So sometimes they do that. Uh, you also have, here's something else, right? Approval uh, with this. Penalties shall not be proposed for de minimis violations which have no direct or immediate relationship to safety and health. So that's another thing I didn't mention. So that often happens. And uh, there's one famous case with a uh, amusement park where a whale had uh, uh, killed a trainer, allegedly, and uh, it was a very small penalty relatively that OSHA assessed, and they fought that penalty for 10 years. Why they didn't want to admit guilt. And they were able to to delay all the other legal proceedings because they were under potential federal investigation, and we can't, you know, with that, and they were able to delay the case for a couple of years. All that stuff goes in there and all everything here. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, and all that stuff that we talk about here is all about fighting that ongoing safety war. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Pozel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.